0: One of the greatest attributes of a leader is awareness. I'm talking about that they're they're self-aware, they're other-aware, they're season-aware, they're just aware. They don't have their head down walking around. Uh, I, I have like, you know, I think we should be asking the Lord questions all the time. God, what season am I in? What are you doing? What is it that I'm supposed to be putting my hands to right now? Is there anywhere that I'm missing? And we're just paying attention. And so I think if, if you can actually just pay attention and be aware, and inquire of the Lord consistently. Then you're going to get where you're supposed to go. You're going to get where you're supposed to go and you're going to and you're going to get where you're supposed to go, when you're supposed to be there, how you're supposed to be there. And uh, but but if if you're a leader, listen, don't put your head down. Pay attention.
1: Welcome to the Spirit Empowered Leader Podcast, a Resurgence Initiatives Podcast. Our heart is to see a movement of leaders released in all spheres of society and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Never before has there been such a need for good leadership. We're on a journey to be equipped, encouraged, and empowered. Join our conversations as we talk Spirit-Empowered Leadership and see God's kingdom at work through God's people everywhere they go.
2: Hey, we want to welcome you to the Spirit-Empowered Leader Podcast. I'm Travis Salonia. This is Donovan Beyer. Hey, Donovan, how are you?
3: Oh, I'm doing very well today. The sun is shining. The snow is melting. I am. Yeah, it's good. (laughs)
2: If you don't know, we are a ministry out of Canada called Resurgence. That's why we're talking about snow. So, if you are from somewhere there's not snow, what it is is this white stuff that's cold and fluffy. My wife does not like it. I enjoy it, I like to ski. Um, but, but I like to throw snowballs at people, but it, it gets mm-hmm. old and it gets really cool. And well, so... like, when
3: we had like 10 days just recently of like, it was minus 40 Celsius for almost 10 days. And it's just a whole nother level. And I'm like, well, I constantly ask why I live here, but I also know that I love the city. I love the people, and God has called me here, <laughs> but I'm for also in the
2: Fahrenheit with... world. It's a, it's like minus
3: 40 Fahrenheit too. Like yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. cold. <laughs> It's so cold, um, yeah. But hey, Travis, you just got back from somewhere warm. I, I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit about your trip.
2: Yes, um, just my wife and I just just got back from El Salvador, San Salvador, yeah. in fact. Uh, One of the things that as a ministry resurgence, we for the last uh, mandate to reach people, release leaders. And about five years ago, I came on to an executive committee for the Global Evangelist Alliance and the Global Evangelist Alliance, this thing uh, under this umbrella called Empower 21. And uh, it's all these groups from all over the world that are kind of on the same page going, Hey, we want to see everyone on planet earth have an encounter um, hmm. not saying that everyone's going to get saved or anything like that but saying hey could we give everyone on planet earth an opportunity and it's all these ministries and leaders and it's like what would keep us at the table together is one minute it's that mission of by 2030 see everyone and so a bunch of evangelists people in the room i've just been so honored to be in those rooms we've been like we've been planning and meeting and going okay re- revival's going to happen but what does it look like and it looks like mm. doing some stuff together. And so mm. we're praying and God said uh, El Salvador and mm. El Salvador, the word means savior. Um, wow. It's funny because when we were in El Salvador and people were explaining this, we said we're here because El Salvador means savior. And when they translate, it, they go uh, El Salvador as El Salvador, because the word savior is El Salvador. And mm. um, and so uh it's just incredible and so we went a whole group of evangelists from all over the world went and we launched with a pastor's conference this last week and there was over four thousand pastors like i have never seen anything the guys i was uh they've (laughs) been to a lot of the revivals that have happened in america they have not felt that kind of presence of god i mean people were walking we pulled in there they had mattresses on their head hauling their mattresses. There was people in hammocks. Guys drove nine hours on the back of a truck to live in a tent or a dormitory. And I mean, these dormitories were like, they're like the army where the beds are right next to each other. Wow. And there was about 100 people in one of these rooms. There's all these dormitories. It was like, it was 4,000 people. You know, you you start singing, you know, holy spirit mm. spirit santo and the presence of god fell into place Wow! and people going to churches how do we see? i think there was like four or five thousand churches represented um amazing. so now there's a whole evangelism and festivals that'll happen for the next two to three months throughout el salvador in this kickoff and so it was cool. so such an honor to be there such an honor it was humbling you hmm. know like like you know going on missions it's like Uh, You you receive, you give, and I preached on a church on Sunday. Incredible pastor, incredible. Uh, we were just blown away, uh, just by their hunger. for People mm-hmm. were just. We, we want God in our country, and so it's exciting in atmosphere. God's doing mm-hmm. something right now.
3: Yeah, I think it's easy. We get caught up in our bubble, what we see right in front of us, and we forget how God's at work all across the world. It's just so cool to hear, and I, yeah, I'm believing there's going to be awesome fruit out of that, out of your time there. And yeah, I'm so glad you got to go. That's that's awesome. And thanks for sharing about it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we're excited today.
2: Excited that you joined mm-hmm. us for this podcast. Uh, if you've not listened before we are honored to have you part of it again we're a ministry out of Edmonton Alberta County called resurgence initiatives and we just believe there's a leader in every chair we believe that God has called us to lead and we (laughs) are learning we are growing we don't We don't, we have not arrived. We're figuring it out and we're hungry to grow more. And so we interview different people. We talk about leadership. We, but we talk about it from the perspective of spirit. How do we Mm -hmm. live the spirit-filled life every day? How do we, you know, we have lots of services we go to. We all go to church, all those things. But how do you actually this thing out? And maybe Mm -hmm. you're a pastor, but maybe you're an engineer, a doctor, a mom, a janitor. How do you live out that spirit-filled life every day? Mm -hmm. So that's the journey we're on. And we just invite you, check it out. There's lots of episodes we've already done uh mm-hmm. today's is going to be a no exception to how incredible uh the episodes we are excited to have a very special guest a friend of mine uh banning lupcher jesus mm-hmm. culture today and uh banning um and some books his podcasts. he had a church in sacramento that i've been to um incredible and uh you've maybe heard their music jesus culture's music uh, Kim mm-hmm. Walker and all, all the different artists, but, but God is using him powerfully around the globe, and mm-hmm. um, it's such an honor to have him with you. Hey, we are so glad today to have a guest on the Spirit Empowered Leader podcast, a, a dear friend of mine, Banning Leibshire. Uh Banning is the uh, pastor of Jesus Culture in Sacramento, but also leader of the entire Moses Culture. And, uh, Banning, such an honor to have you part of this
0: podcast. Thanks for having me. Always love sitting down and having good talks.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, a number of years ago, we have a mutual friend in Nate Edwardson, and he said, you need to connect with Banning. I said, I don't know Banning. He goes, well, fly down. And so I flew down, uh, and I don't right. know if you remember this, we, of we, we drove out to Sacramento, had uh, some restaurant, sat there and got, got to connect, and was yep. that part of your church there that night? Just enjoyed, and you came to our city, Edmonton. It was so good to connect with you then, and just the
0: years. We I keep... haven't been back to Edmonton. I haven't even, I haven't been back. <laughs> I haven't. Well, I don't think I've been that. back to Canada. I'm going to Toronto, you know. So, I, lo- I I remember hearing the story of all that you guys were doing in your city, just the impact you're making. It was it was pretty inspiring. Awesome,
2: and then I saw you a couple of years ago at Preachers in San Francisco, in, or last year, and uh, yep. just incredible. Uh, thank, thankful for your impact, and even your books over the years have been such an impact in my life. And and uh, Michael Broder, who's on your team, has said you and Banning are so similar in, in, in <laughs> what, how when you talk. And I said, I'm so sorry. Well, we man. don't really know each other that well, but I'm uh, so, I'm if so Michael sorry. says
0: it, it's true. I'm so sorry if Michael's saying that to you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well
2: well tell us a little bit more about yourself I gave you the little bit introduction tell us tell me about your wife and kids and uh, the the really important stuff
0: yeah absolutely well I uh, I've been married for 26 years and um, uh, have three kids 24 year old 21 year old and an 18 year old two girls and a boy Uh, my son is in his last year of high school playing basketball so year round he plays basketball, but in particular for school season, about mid-November to mid-March, I I shut down most of my travel and I have a secondary calling. I, you know, I preach and I'm a pastor, but my secondary calling in life, which for a few months becomes my primary calling, is I have a call to help referees out. And so Mm -hmm. my job is to sit in the stands of my son's game and assist (laughs) the referees who are calling my son's games and just I'm there to help them. And so I nice. take some time just to, yeah, that's it's kind of guy I am. And so, uh, yeah, that's my life right now. we got three kids. They're almost all adult kids. I'm almost there. And then uh, pastor a pastor church in Sacramento. We have a church in San Diego as well. And then I get to do, get to serve churches and pastors and leaders uh, here in America, all over the world. It's real joy to do just have such a heart for pastors and leaders and the local church. And, Just anybody who's wanting to make a difference for the Lord in their city, I just am all in with, man. So that's kind of what we do. And then we've got a lot of people would know us for the worship. Worship's probably the thing we're most known for, but uh, we've got a bunch of that stuff going on.
3: That's really cool. Um, Yeah, one of the things we're looking into this season is the leadership journey of some people that are doing cool things. And so, yeah, why don't uh, you give us just a little bit of your story, like how— like how has God worked in your life to get you where you are, and uh, and and even from a spirit empowered leadership perspective? Yeah, what are some of the maybe highlights along the way?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, this is going to sound super spiritual, but most of my journey has literally just been trying to obey the Lord, and then you kind of mm. end up where you are. You know, I I think above all else, I just want to obey Jesus, and you kind of end up where you are. I probably I I probably didn't realize I had leadership in my life until I was in high school, and a coach kind of called it out in me and uh so but when i really kind of encountered the lord at 17 i grew up in the church but really started going after god uh i you know i realized that i i i I wanted to preach there was a couple itinerant people who come through and i want to preach and so i went to college and i come back to do an internship at bethel church in reading and um and they 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 end up it's longer story but they end up asking me to be a youth pastor and uh, i said no i don't feel called to young people i don't feel called to the local church uh, I just want to travel and preach. I, I'm t- I'm 21, and then they asked me this. I'm like, what do I, you know, what do I know, you know? But, but the point is, is um, I ended up saying yes because I I thought some doors were going to open that didn't open. So I ended up saying, I guess this is the door in front of me. I said yes. Then that led to really just falling in love with the local church. That led to, you know, if if you would know our worship world at all, there's uh, Kim Walker Smith, Chris Kilala. They were just in the youth group, uh, and and things just really kind of grew from there. So, so much of my leadership journey, honestly, has just been kind of trying to say yes, walk through doors that, that, that are open. And then I don't know why, I've always had a real passion to grow as a leader, really hungry to grow. Um, I, 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 at my core, I want to see revival, but I feel like we have to be effective in our leadership. And so uh, we've been on a journey for a while. I kind of use the example a little bit, like, can we marry John Maxwell and Catherine Kuhlman? Uh, Like, can we actually kind of see some of that come together? Where there's just a passion for the presence of God, a passion for the power and the supernatural revival in our day, but also real intentionality around leadership, real intentionality around how we lead and how we build. So that's been kind of our journey. And then Just, I mean, in this part with this is, I felt like the Lord said early on, like, if you're going to see revival, raise up leaders. And so that's been a big passion of ours. And We started a leadership school. All this type of stuff is mainly because I want to see revival. And I think that people are just absolutely critical in God's plan to see revival in their city. But you've got to think and act and live like a leader. To really actually see the kingdom advance, and so that's kind of uh, that's kind of been our journey that's
3: really it's really cool and I'm sure myself and lots of the people listening remember that Kim Walker YouTube clip that yeah, came out of how he loves, loves right yeah absolutely and like just amazing and I'm just curious uh banning how like when you were raising up these younger leaders, like they would have just been youth when you started working, like what um, what did you notice in them, or what did you see that you said this person carries something? Like, and then how did you call that out, or did it kind of go the other way around? They came to you and said, "Hey, like I'm just curious." Hey, this is I think leader's job, right?
0: Leader's job is to is to see something in somebody and call it out and give them opportunity for it. So, I mean, Chris Kilala mm-hmm. was there. Was other people besides me in Chris's life, but. But Chris Kidala was 12 years old. He was in middle school and he was drumming. But man, you could tell there was something on his life. There's an anointing on his life when he would lead. It was something special. And he kind of liked the drums. But so I think I think with any of them, I think our job is to see what God has put inside of people to call it out and then to help give space for it. So, you know, I I don't lead worship, but I can tell anointing, you know. I can I can lead worship if it's a G, D, E you know E minor C with a little small group on a street somewhere, but um, but so I think that our job is to really see what God's put in people, to really call it out and then to give space for it. So if I did anything, that was it. You know, the call of God was already on their life, and there was already it was obvious. At least it was obvious to me. I mean, maybe it wasn't obvious to everybody. I think, but it was obvious. Like, dude, there's something on your life and there's a real call in your life and I, and if i can do something that can help give space for that then let's do it
2: so good and h- how have you navigated cuz i know there's a, there's a part to you and beat around you a little bit there is that there is that driven i think every leader that's leading something significant there's a there's a drive there's a drive to and yet as we look at you know i work with a lot of younger leaders work at younger leaders there's that you know, that drive, and, and it has you just kind of said, it's that obedience moment where you kind of stumbled into it. Um, it feels like in our day right now, there's such the, the drive, sometimes the striving, the, the thing takes over. And like here, you know, you have this movement, Jesus culture, where, you know, it, it was being obedient, doing what God asked you to do, and yet God brought these people. And there's probably the right clips on YouTube and the right things where God touched it, and it really took it, and you had to steward that. And yet also keep your, your heart and your, your ambition check. And, and how, how did you process? How has that evolved kind of as over time?
0: Yeah, you know, I just actually, not to plug a podcast I do, but I have a podcast I do. And I, and I actually just talked about this because I realized that in my early days, I was very vision and dream driven. I have dreams in my heart. I've got a vision of changing the world. And I realized as I got more mature, I was less vision driven and more assignment driven so at the end of the day i'm not going to stand before god and he's not going to ask me did all of your dreams get fulfilled did all of your dreams happen did the vision happen he's going to ask me were you obedient with what i asked of you were you faithful with what i gave you were you obedient with what i asked of you and so for me i think that the passion and the drive needs to be pointed towards obedience not trying to fulfill some dream you have in your heart. Now, I will say this. I think that visions and dreams, and I'm talking about like soul dreams, not nighttime dreams, but like <laughs> vision in your heart and 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 dreams that you're carrying, I think that they can help define your assignment. I don't think that your assignment is necessarily opposite of what your vision is. But at the end of the day, I want to be obedient above all else, and I want to do my assignment. So I'm very... I'm very in tune with this is going to sound uh, as uh, I don't know like can pat myself on the back but I really believe that we need to be team players. And what I mean by that is anybody on a team in order for a team a team is not an individual sport. So everybody has their part to play and everybody has a role to play. So you can watch a basketball, you can watch a football team. Uh, you know, the Canadian football team. You can watch a you can watch a, a football team and um and you'll be watching the defense, right? And all of a yeah. sudden, the guy is wide open. Like there's nobody around him anywhere, and he gets a touchdown. And the announcers will be like, oh, man, the, the, the coverage broke down. Somebody missed their assignment. So, so, so they all have an assignment. You're going to do that. 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 And we're all here to play team ball, so I just have to do my assignment. And if I don't do my assignment, then the whole thing breaks down. And we all look like yeah. idiots. So my point is this, is I think we should wake up every day wanting to know, God, what's the assignment that you've given me? Now, now are my dreams and my visions helping clarify that assignment? But what's the, ass- I want to do my assignment. I want to see God right. move in the earth. And so there's a part that I play. I play yeah. a part in God's plan in the earth. I want to do my assignment. I don't I, and, and 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 I and I don't I don't want to get famous. I don't want to like my goal is not to have, you know, uh, five vacation homes or to be really well known or get a. I just want to do my assignment. That's what I want to do. And so I think it, I think that we have to begin to shift people and go, listen, we're not we're, we're not supposed to be vision driven. We're supposed to be assignment driven. And so, if my assignment is to raise these kids, if my assignment is to have a plumbing business, if my assignment, whatever my assignment is, that's what I want to do in the earth. And that's what I'm most driven by. Because your assignment's going to take you into places that require faith, your assignment's going to take you off the map. Your assignment's going to put you in spots that are just so, but, that I want to do my assignment above all else. And I think that that's just what God calls us to.
2: You know, even hearing you do that, say that and go back to your story. So you have this movement, Jesus culture, God birthed it. How can you talk us through that transition or that addition um, to, to the local church? You launched the church in the midst of this and that program.
0: Well, I, I don't know if people would understand this. We've always been local church. So, I, I mean, from the beginning, even when we were uh, our, the way we would define success in, those, in the early days, even right now, the way we would define success is is we want the youth groups that are coming to be strength. We want to create an atmosphere for them to encounter God. Uh, to be equipped and to be sent back—that was our thing. Encounter, equipped, sent. We want you to come and counter God. We want you to be equipped as a revivalist, and we want you to be sent back into your city to make a difference. So success for us was not like like everybody's now joined our movement. Success for us was you went back to your city and your youth pastor and your youth kids wow. that they that they are they are impacting their city now and they're refreshed. And so even even right now we just did a pastors conference and uh, we had. Um, uh, I mean, people came in from all over. I Just, just to give you whatever, they're, they're, you know, 33 states and five nations. I think we had about 825 of these pastors and then some church leaders in there. My point of all this is I genuinely mean this. Success for us is that pastors came and they, 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 they left more encouraged, more equipped, more connected to go back into their city and to see their church thriving and making a difference in their city. That's success mm. for us. So so I have always been a local church guy. And when I say I wanna see revival, which is really what, if you ask me what my mandate in life is, it's to mobilize a generation for revival. It's to mobilize the body of Christ for revival. But, But for me, I just believe this, the local church is the vehicle through which revival comes. And I believe that the local church plays such a significant role in the development of a believer and play such a significant role in impacting a city. And so if we're gonna mm-hmm. see revival, I just we gotta see the churches strengthened. And so so when, when we came to plant, it was just a natural I was youth pastoring and then we were doing Jesus culture in the local church and 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 we just knew like we gotta go plant a church, you know. Like like we have there's four mandates of Jesus culture become a dwelling place for God. Um, I'll tell you the second one in a second, you know, but mobilize church for revival, invest in the global harvest. But the second one is reach and disciple cities through the local church. So oh, I don't boy. want to, as a movement of Jesus culture, say we're gonna reach and disciple cities through the local church, but not actually be in the trenches of reaching a local city through a local church. And so mm-hmm. we're just literally in the trenches with everybody else trying to reach our city
3: and then coming alongside
0: them and saying, Well
3: done. Could you just unpack a little bit for us? Like, how do you walk that line of like investing in your local church really well, uh, the people that God's called you to in Jesus culture, but then also equipping movements outside? Like, and it may not even be a line. Like you said, it's an assignment. So I'm just curious kind of how you. Yeah, I, well, I believe, you walk that,
0: that. I believe that churches have assignments too. So our church will be bought into that concept. So our church mm-hmm. is not just here saying the local church exists just to take care of me. I know the local church is here to. To, to create a place for people to get healthy and whole and connected so that, like the church is missional in nature. If you look at the church and think it's not missional, like in fact, it's not the church if it's not missional. Like the church does not exist just to take care of people. The church exists because we have a mission on our lives to reach our city, And then one of the missions or one of the mandates on our local church, this isn't just a mandate on my life. I tell our church this. I got up on Sunday Mm -hmm. and said, guys, well done hosting and serving pastors. Now, they weren't all there physically serving and hosting pastors, but they've provided finances. They've created the atmosphere in that place where pastors are coming in. They gave the money to build some walls to create like, you know so 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 if you come to our church we would understand this we have a the mandate on our church is to create a place for people to come and get healed and whole and discipled so that we can go back into our city and see a harvest and make a difference and so that we and then we have a mandate to serve other churches we have a mandate to serve that so for us they all flow together and and i would also say this anything we're doing in the movement is for me our mandate Is we just want to export fruit so i don't want to go out there and give you theory i don't want to go i want to actually just bring fruit from our local um orchard and wherever i'm going i just want to bring you the fruit from our local orchard so so that's kind of how all that works you know
2: so good you know we in our culture it feels like uh we have said this as a movement of resurgence it's like everyone who leads is is part of a local church we're building local churches uh, but I, I feel like we're in a culture right now, and, and I, I know you touched on this in your book, Rooted, and I, and I really honor you. Your your books um, have, have really impacted me uh, personally, and, and I, I just loved what you said about being planted, being rooted. And I, I think in a culture right now, and I'm sure you've seen it, we have a lot of leaders that are leading in different spheres of influence, leaders, but but it's not really connecting to the local and I just believe that a spirit-empowered leader, it has to be local church. And what would you say to those leaders? Like, what's? why is it important that someone is involved in their local church?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, we can get to this. I'll, I'll get this with you right now. But at the, let me just say this real quick. I have a deep, deep, deep value for people leading in the city. I don't think the highest goal for believers is to lead inside the church walls. Now, I think everybody should be serving inside the church walls. But that's because I believe church is a family. So I believe that we should all be contributing to our family and that we shouldn't be sitting on the couch while everybody's setting up tables for Thanksgiving. Like we should all be jumping in and helping serve one another, right? So so I, uh, that's a family concept. But even in our church, I'm like, oh, we've got leaders all over the city, and they are they are an extension of what we're doing. But I actually think that you need to be covered and sent. At the end of the day, we've missed the concept of actually being undercovering and actually being sent. So if your mandate is to be leading in the city, I love it. Just make sure you're covered and make sure you're sent. Now, I think you should be serving your, I think that in the local church is where you find health. It's where you find wholeness. It's where you find equipping. It's where you find all that stuff, but it's from the local church That you're both covered and sent and when you are sent there's another level of authority that comes on you it's very interesting that um, when when um when paul and silas maybe in acts there's a story about you know the council you know james and the council they got together they prayed and fasted and they laid hands on paul and silas and sent them and then the next sentence it says and the holy spirit having sent them out so so i would just say this that Man, if you're not covered in – like the Holy Spirit works through covering in community to send you, just how it works. And so, so, so um, it says the Holy Spirit sent them, but the verse before it said that they were actually laid hands on by people. And so I think that growth happens in community. I think that authority is released from community. I think that we all need to have covering. So, so that's what I would tell people. Like get in the church. Get covered and be sent and then get in a place that's going to to be in your life that's going to grow you that's going to equip you that's going to you know be in your marriage and and, and challenge you in that way. And I think all of that just happens in the context of the local church.
3: Like Travis, I've been impacted by your books. I loved in the the Three Mile Journey, one the that as I was kind of preparing for, for our interview today, that stood out to me was you said, our goal was to make sure any structure we were building was equipping people to do the work of the ministry rather than, um, I just think that is really profound. I'm just curious if you could unpack that a little, like what does that look like for you as a pastor and a leader? Um, and also, what does that look like for the people that you're calling to lead?
0: Yeah. So let's have this conversation. Here's the conversation: consumerism in the Western world has crept into the church, and we no longer look like a it's such. I'm gonna I'm gonna make very broad statements, and I actually hate broad statements because the body, the church is so diverse and so wide, and it doesn't mean that every <laughs> single church in the Western world is doing this. Having said that, um, that. That consumerism has crept the church, which has turned us into more of a business than a family. And there's consumer models that are happening. And consumer models are built around two things, doing something for you or removing obstacles in your life. So, so what I would say is I go to a restaurant because I don't want to cook and I don't want to clean up. So I go to a restaurant so that you will do that for me. And i pay you and give you a tip for that and so then we come into the church and we're like oh i don't really want to do my christian life i want you to do my christian life for me i don't really want to take care of the poor i don't want to disciple people i don't want to share my faith with people i don't want to be like i don't want to do all that so how about i come to the church and the church does all that for me where's your programs that are taking care of the poor and where's your discipleship class and where's your who's going to be sharing the gospel with my neighbor you know, it's that type of stuff. So we've just kind of come to the church thinking, like, hey, aren't you guys gonna do my Christian life for me? Mm-hmm. When when Ephesians 4 is very clear that the fivefold was not given to us to do our Christian life for us, it was given to us to equip us to do our Christian life and to mature us. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that consumerism does yeah. is it, it 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 hinders growth. So so let me just say this real quick. Consumerism makes us think. When I show up somewhere, somebody else is going to do it for me. So even I show up to a baseball game because I can't really play baseball, but I can watch you play baseball. So I, it's just it's consumerism. I'm going to pay money mm. for somebody to do something. And so we get in the church, and we kind of want the same thing. And that Jesus goes, mm. it's not your – pat can I just tell you this? I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor in a church. My job is not to evangelize your neighbor. My job is not to disciple your neighbor. That's your job. My job is to equip you to be an effective discipler, to be able to share your faith, to make a difference. And then Ephesians 4 tells me my job is to help you grow and to be encouraged in the process, maturity. So, so what happens is one of, the biggest, one of the biggest hindrances to maturity is this consumer mentality, consumerism, because – and you got to hear me on this. I love consumerism. Can I just tell you this right now? Like legitimately. I'm like, I love consumerism consumerism is built around trying to remove obstacles and struggle in my life there is entire departments at google that are trying to figure out how to make banning leapsters' life easier they're literally sitting around going what could we make what could we improve that would make banning's life easier and because they're making my life easier because they're removing obstacles i'm going to spend money with them Done. I'm gonna buy your product because it makes my life easy. So when it comes into church, the problem is 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 that the problem is is that struggle is one of the main ways that we grow. So so this is the example I would give you again around consumerism. Is that if you have two coffee shops a block apart, those coffee shops are competing for each other's business. People are driving by every day and they're trying to figure out how can I get that person to stop and pay and give me their money. So, so one day an owner is of a coffee shop is sitting in his coffee shop and he sees a guy pull up to the, dr- up the parking lot, gets out, suit and tie, walks in, stands in line, orders a drink, has to wait for the drink, waits for the drink, gets a drink, doesn't sit down in the coffee shop, walks back outside, gets in his car and leaves. Well, the owner goes, I think I can remove an obstacle to him getting coffee and part of the struggle of getting coffee if I, if I put a drive through in. I'm going to put a drive through it. Now this guy doesn't have to get out of his car and come in. He can drive through and get his coffee. Well, now all of a sudden he's getting more business, not because his coffee is better, but because it's more convenient. It's easier. A, a, a Struggles has been removed. Obstacles have been removed. Well, we come to church expecting. We're looking mm-hmm. to our pastors saying, hey, listen, can you remove some obstacles in my life? And then because as pastors, mm-hmm. we've totally bought into the thing of like, our job is to make everybody's life easier. So we're like, hey, listen, discipleship, we've, we've, we've made it easier than ever. Three steps, and that's it, and you don't have to do that much in prayer meeting. It's going to be quick, and, and then children's ministry, and we're going to do this for you, and you don't have to disciple your neighbor. We'll disciple your neighbor for you. Bring him in. We've got a class for that. And, and bring your friend, and we're going to share the gospel. And, 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 and oh, small groups, we've got all this type of stuff. And I don't mind serving people with excellence. We could have that conversation. But, but all of a sudden, people come in, and they, they encounter struggle and are confused by it. I tell our church, you know, and listen, we got small groups and we got we we have like we have all that. But they're like, man, I'm really having a hard time finding community. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell Community is a struggle. It's it's hard sometimes. It's hard to really kind of find good community sometimes. But that's you got to keep pressing in. That's where growth is going to happen in your life. That's where you're going to find the actual gold in this stuff. And so that's a really long answer for what you're saying is, is I'm looking at all of our structure and saying is our structure enabling immaturity and is our structure equipping people for their christian life Mm -hmm. or doing their christian life for them and these are the deep dives that we're doing and what's
2: when we talk when we hear that and you know looking at you take up your cross and follow me i mean was come and see the come and die within the three-year window with the disciples and you see this that's calling of revive that's the calling to lay down your life um that what you describe doesn't consumerism it doesn't it fit from what I can be. And so if there's a leader, maybe a leader listening, maybe a car or you know, on a plane right now, listening to this podcast, what would you say to the leader and goes, There's something in me. I've got God's called me to something, but like how how do I get there? How do I get there? And I'm, I'm listening to you, banning you. You've done the, ch- the church and the movement, but how how do I get there in this thing? Because it's like you know, I, I feel like, and I talk to a lot of young leaders where they're they're frustrated. They're frustrated because that we live in the consumer mindset, and so it's like the the social media, the compare, all that stuff. It's like okay, we live in this, but yet the Christian call, the call to God is like die. So die to your dream, die to all that stuff, so that. God can, And what would you say to that conversation?
0: Uh, I'm probably pretty simple. I'd say just be, fi- be faithful with what is in front of you. Mm-hmm. S- stop complaining about where you're at. Stop complaining about what you don't have. Stop complaining wow. about you wish that it w- you were further along. And-, and look at what's in front of you and do that really mm-hmm. well. Steward that really well. The Bible is mm-hmm. very clear that if you'll be faithful with that, God can entrust you with more. And the story that I tell often out of scripture, I'm saying is Exodus chapter three is a really right when God's about to encounter the burning bush moment for Moses. The burning bush moment is where God's going to give Moses the mandate to lead the people of Israel out of 450 years of bondage and slavery. But there's a quick little phrase in Exodus three, which just says uh, um, Moses. Well, uh, he talks about Moses. While tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, there's something about being faithful and stewarding the moment you are in that will actually open the doors. It, it was while it was while he was being faithful with somebody else's physical flock that God showed up and said, "I'm about to give you a spiritual mm-hmm. flock." Good. And so, so for people, I'm like, don't complicate it, man. Don't complicate it. Go go. just look and say, God, what's in front of me? And I'm gonna be faithful with that. And if you're a leader, don't complain about delivering, don't complain about Uber, being an Uber driver right now and you got a call in your life. Go, I kid you not, go be the best Uber driver you can imagine. Have the best car, have the cleanest car, well, I mean, but have the cleanest car, have the best service, have the best, like do Uber to the absolute best you can saying, I am going to be faithful with what is in front of me, and I'm going to be faithful with the season God has me. Because when I am faithful, he can entrust me with more. And I think that too many people, they just, they're they're frustrated with the season they're in, they're complaining about the season they're in, they're grumbling about the season they're in, and they're like, well, you know, it, it's like, don't complain about your 1985 Honda Civic. You know, you can sit and complain all you want that you want, you know, that brand new 2024 BMW, but, but listen, you got 1985 Honda Civic? Take phenomenal care of it. Take phenomenal care of it. Because if you can steward that well, that's when the Lord knows he can entrust you with more
3: yeah it's really good and it's interesting i think a lot of us are kind of like waiting or, or the temptation i guess can be to wait for that like cloud by day fire by night right yes like, it's so clear and so obvious yes. and so right now i'm gonna kind of wait and wander um but uh, i think yeah you can easily miss what god's doing if you're waiting for that and not being full cool. yeah yeah. Um, yeah. but I i'm just curious that. um what does it look like for you like for you in your own walk with jesus in your own spiritual disciplines in your own just like focus on the like what does it look like for you to, to follow him and, and maybe in different seasons of your life, how does it look different to be faithful, keep that relationship it's important and even be led by the spirit?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, obviously you gotta have priorities, right? You have to have success defined find right. Um, it's very hard to be faithful if you don't have a right definition of success. Um, but mm-hmm. so obviously for me, my family and, and being a dad and being a husband, um, and, and then when it comes to the call of God in my life, I just am mm-hmm. trying to pay attention. I, I'll tell you this. You know it's crazy? I think one of the greatest, one of the greatest attributes of a leader is awareness. I'm talking about that they're they're self-aware, they're other-aware, they're season-aware. They're just aware. They don't have their head down. You know, they, they they don't have their head down walking around. Uh, I I have like you know, I think we should be asking the Lord questions all the time. God, what season am I in? What are you doing? What is it that I'm supposed to be putting my hands to right now? Is there anywhere that I'm missing? And we're just paying attention. And so I think if, if you can actually just pay attention and be aware and inquire of the Lord consistently, then you're going to get where you're supposed to go. You're going to get where you're supposed to go. And you're going to get where you're supposed to go, when you're supposed to be there, or how you're supposed to be there. And uh, But, but if, if you're a leader, listen, don't put your head down. Pay attention. I'm talking about put your head down to work. But I'm saying pay attention. Pay attention to what's happening. Pay attention to where there's so many people that um, – they're so wanting, they're trying to force this area over here. And I'll just stop and go, you have no favor over there. You're trying to make something happen when there's no favor. I'm like, where's the favor in your life? Well, the favor is right here. Then I would do that. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, okay, but but that's where your favor is. So pay attention to where your favor is. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to where you're trying to force things and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to the season. Just pay attention. Be aware. And I think that that's one of the greatest attributes for a leader.
2: How how have you navigated and of your leadership? There's been uh, discouragement along the way. It's tough stuff. you're you're leading people. You're, there's stuff where people let you down. That you th- you know all these things. How have you had to navigate some darkest you know night of the souls? Those moments where you're like.
0: Oh, OK, man, uh, listen, I mean, if you're really going to follow Jesus, there's there there is hard to, there's there's struggles and there's trials. There's things that didn't work out like you thought they're going to work out. Uh, there's timing that didn't that, that was off. There's there's grief that happens. There's loss. There's betrayal. It's all there, you know, and you can either let that stuff push you away or draw you close to God, you know. And so uh, um, if, if leadership was easy, everybody would do it. If following Jesus was easy, and, and so I think those times, I just try to really, those times that are tough, I think that they help really define what matters most. You know, I may, have got, I may have thought me being a big shot mattered, and then you kind of start going through a tough time. You're like, okay, all right, that's not what matters. My marriage is what matters. If not one person knows me in the earth, but I have a healthy marriage, that's what matters you know, and then when you're going through real difficult times, real loss, just trying to just allow the Lord there, there are, there are times of intimacy with the Lord that, that, you know, you just draw close to him and you learn about his character, his nature. You bring him a gift of worship when it's costly, you know, worship's not real costly when everything's going great and your bank account's full. Worship's costly when, you know, you're getting talked about it and, 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 and there's, you kind of feel betrayed and, and, and the bank accounts, you know, in the negative, like in that moment, can I just bring worship to him? Like, can, you know, can I, so it's really trying to just, you know, it's working. Through that. And then the other thing is, I just have people in my life. None of what I'm talking about is happening by myself. So how do you walk through tough times? I don't know, with people, you know, with with people around you who are encouraging you and speaking life to you. And, and uh, you know, I told my son this, you know, and my son, he's a senior, but he's mm-hmm. gone through some, you know, there's, there's been ups and downs in high school. And I told him at the very beginning of his teenage years, I said, son, I don't know what you're going to go through as a teenager. I don't know what you're gonna have to persevere through, what temptations are gonna hit, what, what, what obstacles are be in your way. Just know this, you will not be on your own. Uh, Just know mm-hmm. this, whatever you face, you will not be by yourself. And I mm-hmm. think that, that whatever we walk through, walk through it with community. Uh, I, I think it compounds and gets so much more difficult when you're just isolated on your own walking through it, and you weren't meant to do that.
3: Can you just quickly unpack that a bit more? Because um, I, I feel like as leaders, it's a temptation to always be pouring out. We always have people we're pouring out into, but rarely do we have people who are pouring back into us. And and I think you talked earlier about you want to be a lifelong learner. You want to be someone who's growing and learning from others. Um, what does that look like for you? How do you?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I mean, here's the reality. I, I, if you're just pouring into people and I get poured into, I, I, I love you with all my heart, but that's just dumb. Uh, mm-hmm. I. I, I I, I, I say that with love in my heart. But if you're just pouring out but not getting poured into, just dumb. Don't do that. You're setting yourself up for failure. I think that we, we kind of follow that Paul model, right? That Paul had a Barnabas and he had a Timothy. And so, it's it, it, you know, Paul yeah. Paul's getting poured into, but he's also pouring in. So I think that we need people who are sharpening us. I think that we need people that we're sharpening. I think we need people that are mm-hmm. encouraging us. And I think we need people that we're encouraging. And so, and even as you become a father, like in my life, like I'm 47 years old, I'm a father, but I, I haven't stopped being a son. I still have a dad. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like I stopped being a son. I, I you know, so so I was a son. I became an older brother. I became a father, but I never stopped beca- being a son either. And I think when we realize that that no, I'm I'm a son still, even though I'm a father. And so I do need people pointing to me. I do need people fathering me while I'm fathering.
2: You know, I'm thinking of something you said earlier, Benning, that's still uh, processing in my mind. And you talked about how revival and even the, the John Maxwell, the intentionality, so resonates with, with us and my heart. And I just came back from El Salvador. We had thousands of pastors gather, the hunger and the, the revival spirit. And yet, you know, everything that I've always taught is a character that like, Hey, how do you, how do you see what God wants? You know, God won't drive the the big truck over a, a, a light bridge and a build the bridge. Success. What's those things? And I and I wonder, could you speak to what I mean? You travel globally. You're you're seeing, and sometimes in the North American context, we can get a little discouraged with what, but what what God's doing. There seems to be a hunger. Um, In churches, even the pastors that gathered last week, 800 plus pastors, Something stirring again. Where do you see, where do you see this going? And how is that intentionality of not just services forever, but services that are actually impacting everyday people?
0: Oh my gosh. I see it going to the greatest harvest the world has ever seen. We are about to experience (sighs) the greatest harvest of salvations the world has ever seen we're going to see a mass influx of prodigals coming home. We're going to see, I think, a harvest of harvesters. I think this first wave is gonna be the harvest of harvesters and prodigals coming home. And then we are going to see the greatest harvest the world has ever seen. And some of that is just flat out numerically because the world's bigger than it's ever been. I mean, if you really look at the statistics, go do research on how the world has grown I mean, it didn't reach a billion people until uh, you know I I I have to. It didn't reach a billion people until like 150 years ago. I mean, for thousands of years, it was under a billion people. It hits a billion people, and all of a sudden, acceleration comes, and now shortly. I mean, it's just shortly after that. They actually say right now that there are, if it hasn't already happened, there are more people on the earth that 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 name the name of jesus as their savior than everybody who's in heaven so because there's so many people in the earth right now and there wasn't that many people for thousands of years that everybody who's been saved up to this point there's actually more on the earth than are actually that been saved and gone to heaven because just merits, right so my point is is we're about to see the greatest harvesting of souls in Mm -hmm. in in history that's where Mm -hmm. all this is heading and i think that that's why we have to be intentional to really look at are our nets Mm -hmm. mended are our nets strong enough do we have a discipleship culture that can actually handle an influx of the lost Mm -hmm. Uh, are do we have our priorities right have we defined success are we intentional with with how a single mom that pulls up to our parking lot to gets in our building and knows how to get to kids' ministry? Are we intentional about how we're discipling people? Are we intentional about, like, all this type of stuff, right? And so so I think it's not enough. One of the things that I've shared is, um, and I, I've written about it in the books, but uh, my son, when he was, uh, he had to have been seven maybe, I, 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 I taught my kids Yahtzee. I found Yahtzee one day in a drawer. I'm like, all right, kids, come on, gather around. We're going to teach Yahtzee. And so for a few nights, we played it. And my, son's, my son is the most competitive person I've ever met. Like, I, there's a winner and there's a loser. And if he's losing, he's cheating to win. Like, it's like he's just so competitive. But so he's like seven years old. And, and I, if you've never played Yahtzee, I, I don't know how to explain it. But he found out that Yahtzee was the biggest thing you could go for. And so, you know, you roll the dice, and then when you roll the dice, you have to figure out what's the strategy. Is this going to be a, you know, three of a kind, four of a kind, full house, one, twos, ones, whatever, you know? You got to go to this thing, and you got to think ahead, you got to push it. Well, he found out Yahtzee was the biggest role. So he'd roll, seven years old. I'm like, what are you going for? He's like, Yahtzee. And I'm like, all right, son, listen, man, you got you to gotta think ahead a little bit. You got to, like, just, yeah, you, know, you got you to gotta strategize a little bit. You got to look at the sheet, you got to look at where you're putting stuff. And he'd sit there, listen, okay, okay, fine. Right, right. I said, so what are you going for? Yahtzee. He rolled for Yahtzee every single time and <laughs> never once, ever. And this is partly why I just want to share people, you can walk around yelling revival all you want. But if there's not some real intentionality and strategy connected to what you're doing, it doesn't matter that you're yelling revival. It's not enough to be passionate. You also have to be strategic. It's not enough to be zealous, you also have to be intentional. And so if we're like, if we really believe a harvest is coming, then I'd better make sure that we're pretty intentional and strategic about how we're going to actually create spaces where people are getting discipled and matured and healthy and equipped to see this come in. So that's kind of why we have such a passion for that.
3: And I love that you're to build. It sounds like it's really a wineskin, like having yeah. a wineskin for when God poured. Out. But I'm just curious, like what are you saying to the, the leaders in your church, the spirit empowered leaders? They're not, they're not working in full-time vocational. Like what's their role in this revival? And what would you say to the leaders that are listening today that are like, I want to be filled with the spirit. I want my leadership to reflect that. Um, What's their role? Like what, what's, uh, yeah, what do you feel God's calling? Yeah, I'm
0: going to sound like a broken record. Do their part.
3: I (laughs) want to help. I want to
0: help. I want to help people discover their identity and I want to help people discover their mission. So uh, I I think that that's John the Baptist. John the Baptist knew who he was and he knew what his mission was. So for me, I believe leaders in our environment, if you know who you are and you know what you're called to do, then we're good. You're going to go change the world. So I, I think so much of what we have to be doing is helping people with their identity and helping people discover their mission.
2: Uh, well, we want to ask you to pray. We close this podcast today, Benning, and just we, we really believe that, yeah, it's uh, teaching and it's uh, information will, will change your mind, but but uh, an encounter with God will change your life. Is mm-hmm. that- there's something that uh, if you shared today as the Spirit has led, as we've asked questions, that wherever somebody is, if they're uh, on their bicycle in their house or a road bike or they're on the bus right now listening to this, that they would just be impacted by the Spirit of God. And so I want to ask you to just pray. Pray for the leaders. Pray for whatever God yeah. puts in your heart. And uh, yeah. that
0: would be amazing. Yeah. yeah, Father, we just pray that, that you would fill them fresh with your Spirit that they would have mm-hmm. fresh moments and encounters with you, that you would give them clarity in every area, give them clarity about their identity, give them clarity about their mandate, give them clarity about their assignment, mm-hmm. give them clarity yeah. about their season. Mm-hmm. Lord, we just pray that you would fill them, that you would walk with them, that you would empower them. Lord, that they would feel a fresh wind and fresh encouragement in their mm-hmm. life. Whether they're wa- If they're walking through a tough time, Lord, that you'd speak to them and let them know you're walking with them. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but Lord, we just pray that you'd be with them in this and reveal this stuff yes. to them in the name of Jesus. Amen.
3: So good, man. Oh, uh, thank you so much for, for all that you shared. Um, I know it, I was really excited to have you on the podcast cause I've been listening to the pastor's podcast. Oh uh,
0: yeah. It's awesome. It's just been so-
3: So helpful for me. So I just wanted to give you an opportunity. We do know that pastors are listening. So could you just talk really quickly about the Pastors Podcast and kind of your heart behind it? And I'm sure it'll bless some of our listeners as well. Oh,
0: yeah. Listen, man, we are all, we're pastors. It's what we're doing. So we wanted to put on a podcast that was kind of by pastors, you know, by four pastors, by pastors. It's really for anybody who's in the trenches building a local church. We call it mm-hmm. Pastor's Podcast, but it's really just for anybody in the trenches building the local church. Mm-hmm. And we That's just good. sit down with people and have hopefully real conversation that mm-hmm. are helpful, that are meaningful with people that are in those same trenches. So it's actually got a lot of traction, been really encouraging just to kind of hear. For whatever reason, it seems to be speaking life into people in a really cool way. So it's been awesome. fun.
2: And you have a podcast now, too. I've listened to that one and so enjoyed that. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah,
0: you know what? I just launched a, a weekly podcast, just the Bain mm. podcast. It's 20 minutes once a week. It's released on Wednesday. And it's really just kind of me. It's less sermony and me just trying to help walk and help disciple people. You know, we're just talking about stuff, whether it's I, I just did one on, uh, you know, uh, how do you kind of follow the leading of the holy spirit when it comes to decision making uh uh what are we doing why you know what success is worship it's kind of just me sitting for 20 minutes and just kind of sharing some stuff and hopefully helping kind of people grow in kind of some areas of, of discipleship in their life
2: awesome well hey uh, incredible honor uh seriously we're so thankful for your time today that Absolutely. you would invest in this podcast to be here and sharing Fear of god put on
3: your heart and it is amazing just love you so yeah. much
0: thanks for having me guys
3: well that was just an amazing conversation what an honor to uh sit under and learn from banning um yeah travis what what stood out to you what, what's something that is still resonating in your heart wow uh he spoke right
2: to him and mm. i i feel mm-hmm. as a ministry uh, uh, personally i just love mm-hmm. his heart people that you read or you something that's just we're, we're, we're the same dna on this um even again we didn't talk much just thought about hey what where they're going is you know revival uh, Catherine Kuhlman, going after God, hunger, but then also that like John Maxwell, that like intentionality, that leadership. I mean, that's what the Spirit and Power Leader podcast is. That's what,
0: what I mean, this just, is yeah. all
2: about. And I was just yeah. so encouraged to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much he said that I just, I resonate with and go, hey, I've said mm-hmm. that. I've spoke that. I believe that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, I love how he talks about, you know, being faithful, being um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, I, so much striving, so much trying to open doors, uh, I'm seeing leaders coming up and I am just praying like, what do you share to young, leaders? uh, starting out And it was, it was a thought that I have no certain down. It's like, just be faithful. You don't need to open a door. God will open the door. You just go through mm-hmm. the doors that he opened. And so many mm-hmm. times I prayed for doors to open. Um, and I'm like trying to knock a door down and I just need to rest <laughs> and go, God, would you, open? and then, you know, what's funny is I found it difficult to go. Should I go there? I got invited to this not thing. Place. I'm not sure if I should go. And when I go, all of a sudden, all these other doors open. Why? Because being faithful, just being obedient, Mm. the doors open. So
3: that really spoke to me. Uh, What about you, Donovan? Yeah, I think I'm kind of on that same vein that daily following your best where or like putting your best effort, I guess, or like your best um, just trust in doing um, it just really resonated with me because yeah, I think it can be so easy to think like when I get there or when I do this or when that, then I'll be, you know, where I am. And, and it's interesting because one of the things that I found is like, when I've gotten to those places, there's always another place to go. You know what I mean? Like as a young leader, you think like oh, when I get this opportunity or when I get that, and then all of a sudden you may get that opportunity, but then there's the next. So it's like just really, really, really learning to um, just faithful obedient and letting god do the rest like, really letting him um yeah be the one who it's cool uh i have a really amazing ministry opportunity coming up the person who had uh, had asked me to do it he's like he's like you you're a good worship leader but i'm not asking you good worship like i saw your character and how you interacted with me, and that's why i want and i was like man what a cool like i it's not like i was being insincere or anything like that right but it, it's just being faithful and being present and loving the um such an awesome oh i'm just really stirred i, I agree travis like i felt like so much of what what banning was saying was like right to you and me like kind of <laughs> just when what we're going through as a ministry and as people uh but just really cool how yeah just how much it resonates today <laughs> uh, well
2: hey we want to hear from you uh you're mm-hmm. maybe watching on youtube if you don't know this is actually a video too so you might be listening on the podcast go, oh i'd like to I'd like mm-hmm. to see uh the facial expressions of travis donovan and banning you can do that <laughs> um and you you can see that on YouTube but but we'd yeah. love you to comment either on our YouTube channel or uh, somebody today just even on Spotify uh, uh, responded and did a question to, mm. did did a, hey that you know they were listening and so uh, or you can email us uh, at, mm. at liveresurgence.com. That's our website. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to uh, hear what spoke to you from today's episode, what, mm. what God's doing in your life, where you're at. There's people from all over the world listening to this podcast. Um, it's been tremendous. I know even in we hit some of the top things Taiwan just this week, where people are listening in Taiwan. So if you're listening That's in Taiwan, crazy. we're so thankful that you would listen in Taiwan. But mm. um, let us know where you're listening from and if this was beneficial to you if you go hey that really spoke to me would you do us a favor and share it we just believe Mm -hmm. in 2024 that we want to just get the word out share this podcast Mm -hmm. get get people that are tracking on the same um page just like banning and we just like that we would be together Mm -hmm. and run together you're not alone god's called you to lead and we want to run together and so there'll mm-hmm. be some exciting opportunities how we can do that together. But just um, yeah, for sure, share the podcast and uh, mm-hmm. let us know how we be praying and, and connecting with you. You can do that through that. Anything else mm-hmm. we
3: need to say today, Donovan? Yeah, just really quick before, I, I didn't get a chance while he was still on with us, but I really do want to plug Banning's. They've been super impactful in my own life. We mm-hmm. mentioned the titles, but we'll mention them again. Rooted and the Three Mile Wall. Awesome, really spoke to me. Yeah, if you want to kind of explore more of Banning's story and go deep in some of the stuff he was talking about, just really recommend checking out. That's all I got. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, thanks for listening to the
2: Spirit Empower Leader Podcast. We have some amazing episodes coming up. Be sure to check it out. Uh, See you next time.
1: Thank you for listening to the Spirit Empowered Leader Podcast. We hope that this podcast has encouraged you as an empowered leader. This podcast is brought to you by Resurgence Initiatives. Our mandate is to revive churches, release leaders, and reach people. We are on a journey, and the dream God has put in our heart involves you. Learn more at LiveResurgence.com or on Instagram at LiveResurgence.